What? I saw you painting, Kathy. I was dusting. You were dusting? I have this old thing, uh, it's like a, it's supposed to be a metal statue, you know, with a, a patina, although I'm holding it too close to the camera. Um, you can't really see it in this light too well, because I don't have, I don't have any light right now. It's just one little light. Oh. My camera's a little off center. Hi guys, welcome back. We are on episode twenty-six. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. <laughs> episode twenty-eight. Um, Let's check with <laughs> <laughs> uh, And this today we're going to talk about uh, actually two things that affect all of us, um, at, at least in our perspective and our grade. Uh, we're going to talk about kickstarters. Uh, we're going to talk about one Kickstarter specifically and we're going to talk about a kickstarter that's coming up and today we are definitely going to be doing our spoiler review of the last jedi yeah, um it may take a lot of media sections so. yeah we may we may uh <laughs> may go a little long in that we may we may go a little long and you know we may only get through the last jedi so yeah, fair yeah so we'll be prepared for that um other than that uh guys Make sure you go and check out our Facebook page. Check out our patron. Find everything. Um, of course, look for us. Uh, if you're going to Adepticon, myself and Kathy will be there. Find us. Um, you know what? We may have some giveaways to give away there, Kathy. Yep. Um, giveaways! So find us. We may have one of our channels or one of our things have a secret password, and you have to say it to us. Kathy and I will get on that. Um Make sure to check out our patron. Uh, we have some really cool stuff coming out for our people that are doing everything. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming. Um, and we got one thing. Hopefully we'll get some more. We're on process and we can't wait to see what's going to happen. And check out our other free podcast too. I do movie emergency every once in a while when I see a movie so mm -hmm. singularly impressive that I need to talk about it right away and I can't wait for a cast or anything. No. Last time it was Transformers Last Night. Yay. <laughs> that was an emergency that was an talking emergency. about it afterwards that was an emergency yes oh because you know it all occurred to me when i watched white house down i'm like this movie's i i need to talk about this movie right now <laughs> i can't wait um the anger will fade you have to share your thoughts and feelings i understand yes also Every don't forget uh, Kathy's OSL tutorial is coming up this month. Which... Yes, object source lighting. So you've got that torch. Let's make it look like the light is reflecting off of the face. So we'll get that. Uh, which I will probably be doing um, probably some painting on Friday maybe. Working on, Or at least working on models. I got a huge amount of Kings of War stuff to put together. Uh, so I can start playing. So that's going to be oh. a lot of stuff. Let me know. We can do, uh, you Kings know, Wars, the Mantic Kathy, one, right? Yes. Kathy Kings... and Gonzo painting live. Yeah. Kings Just of War is the Warhammer fantasy one. Just make sure because Wrath of Kings is the one that uh, my local store just put everything on the uh, discount rack. Yeah. There seems to be a big thing that Cool Mini or not maybe getting rid of that. Oh, I was I was what oh. I was thinking that's the that's the cool mini or not game, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, that. I'm not a big fan of cool mini or not. Nope. Uh, so <laughs> let's go and get our drink There's going. A lot of good stuff for the community though, but yeah, drinks. 
Let's get drinks. Let's, Let's get drinks. We get right on topic. Along. All right, Kathy, what you got today? I have uh, coffee as mm-hmm. always, and I have a gin and tonic, which is a classic, a timeless classic. Yeah. John, what you got? Uh, well, I finished the Sprite and Apple Whiskey, so now I have a screwdriver and a very large Mission Barbecue cup. <laughs> uh, I am going through the rest of my vanilla porter. Uh, so I think I've only got one or two bottles of that left, and then I have some experimental bottles. But that may be for another time. Um, oh, I, lo- I love the I love the grab packs of beer sometimes. Yes. Like, oh, I've got two of the one I want, and then a bunch of random ones to try. Oh, yeah. It's usually pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm glad everybody's here. Glad everybody's safe. Cheers. Cheers. Sancha. All right. Um, I'm going to get the camera ready. Um, so I can stream me doing my blood bowl stuff. I'm going to paint, try to paint one model while we're doing this. So one model, one complete model. Good luck. I get a decent amount. So you can see a bunch of fly around camera. Ah, fly around camera. Ah. Honestly, if you got the base coats and everything and then just had to wash it and do touch ups and highlights later, yeah. that'd be significant too. I did that one night, uh, back in the day for our Necromunda campaign where we had to have everything painted. So I'm like, all right, painted? this rat skin. Yeah. For a while, the GW Battle Bunker was all painted, or you can't play it, so. Oh, that's, yeah, I remember uh, hearing about that. Dark times, indeed, it was. It was. That was <laughs> a perfect example of how to alienate your customers. Like, you know, and they, they would come as... to the back and be like, no, 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 take those models off the table. Yeah, They'd walk back up front, and we'd put the bottles back on the table. <laughs> John, can you also pay attention on the uh, Facebook side for me? Only I was already doing that. Nah, I figured. I just want to check. Hey, I'm using new brushes. Look at these. Look at these classy good things. Ooh, I bought them all for like three bucks. Uh, that's the I way like to cheap, go. I like cheap brushes. I mean, I like good brushes too, but I don't. I'd like more, more cheap than good. I like cheap brushes, and I cannot lie. <laughs> you other brothers can't. And uh, yeah. ooh, my camera's messed this up. My uh, look at that. Super cheap. Less than a dollar. It's got a pretty good point, still. Yeah, it does. This is the one I use for all of my uh, my clear coat. I I like the uh, the Army Painter Anti Shine. That's the clear oh, coat yeah, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. that I brush on to everything. If it's not something big that I spray with uh, Tester's Dull Coat. So yeah, Army Painter Anti Shine. That is my my go-to varnish, and that is the brush that I use for it. And the only brush that I use for it. These are the brushes I have on my table. You'll notice it's mm-hmm. a lot of dry brushes that are old. You'll notice these are red-handled GW brushes. Those are old as fuck. This is my <laughs> cup of stuff. Mostly brushes. As you can see, there's the scissors. I have a tweezers for attaching uh, grass tufts to bases. Oh, yeah, I got a fresh tweezers for that. Yeah, <laughs> mostly they're, like, really... I like the synthetic brushes. Uh, they're less expensive and they're easier to uh, clean the paint out of the ferrule when it inevitably gets dried up there, uh, causing the bristles to go like this. So you can clean those with rubbing alcohol. Uh, if you have real hair brushes, your fancy sables, your you know Windsor Newton Series Seven or your rosemary and company or your broken toed sable brushes do not use rubbing alcohol for those you will ruin them 
But for the synthetic brushes, very easy to clean. I actually have the actual setup with the thing where you hook the brushes in and it rests in the in the uh, whatever the solution is, and I've got the solution. That's all downstairs. I don't have all my painting stuff up here. I've just been doing. Yeah, I I don't have that. All right. For anyone following my hobby streak, uh, I've been did a lot of, lot of bases for 40k stuff. So, well, this is my favorite. This is a uh, army painter, you know, character brush, and it still holds a point. And I haven't bought brushes in a while. So I still use my. Uh... Oh, you'll recognize this, John. Uh oh. It's my. Hey, uh... Let's go ahead and oh, get started what? with the Kickstarter conversation. My, my Games Workshop uh, dry brush. Those dry Damn it, Gonzo, were we're talking about brushes. Yeah, oh, it's an important it. hobby uh, discussion. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we need to get, because this is going to be a pretty hot button for a bunch of people. Tell us Kill. about your horrifying Kickstarter experience, Gonzo. Um, <laughs> I spent $160, and I spent, like, the least amount of, like, everybody I know, and I didn't receive the product I ordered at all. Did you get anything? I got wave one. But let's talk about kick let's talk about Kickstarter oh. just period. Before we start there, let me trump you. I haven't received anything. You still haven't received anything? Everything's wave two. Oh, everything you ordered oh, was shit. wave two. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that later. So oh. Kickstarter. Uh-huh. I've actually participated in a few Kickstarters, not just the Robotech one. Can I have two. I'm actually going to go so I because I sometimes forget how many I've done. I figure we're going to talk about this. So <laughs> let's bring it up on Kickstarter. I'm going to dry brush pig iron on this first. Kickstarter is a good website that you guys should check out from time to time. Just start, uh, just start checking out. I mean, there, there's good stuff. You never know when you find something really cool. I mean, like in advance of Star Wars Legion coming out, there was some good terrain that looked like Endor on there. So. So, let's see. Let's count two, four, six, eight, ten. I I have backed twelve Kickstarters. Wow! Holy smokes! That's a lot of Kickstarters. And I am checking off now which ones I've received and which ones I haven't. I only skipped one thing so far. I have backed a couple of things, um, and I've received everything except for two. I had uh, this one guy that was doing his Kickstarter for a little board, a little game on um, platforms, and mm-hmm. to get the entire game on pretty much any platform you wanted, it was thirty-five bucks. So thirty-five bucks, yeah. I'm, I'm not not worried about that. He still says he's in development. He still makes an update every so often, but I messaged him and asked him where he was, and he was like, "Well, I'm still it's just taking a little long, longer than we thought." Would you like your money back? I'm like, no. You know what? You asked me if I wanted my money back. No, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Um, so that was a pretty much about the only one I've, besides the one we're about to talk about where a lot of things are coming about. So I'm going to throw through a list real quick. Uh, go a list of everything I, I've backed real quick. Uh, and then I'll talk about the best experience and obviously the worst experience is going to come up because that is one of our topics. Uh, I did the first chain attack, uh, send them to uh, War Machine Weekend. Thumbs up. was good. Cool. Uh, the original Relic Knights. Thumbs up. Good. 
uh, through the breach, the Malifaux role-playing game. Thumbs up, good. Um, I actually back Kickstarter. It was a local guy doing a Kickstarter to make dice for Dust when Dust was really big at a local store. Um, I got those. It was cool. I still got those dice somewhere. I don't play Dust, but hey. I did Robotech RPG Tactics. More on that later. Um, <laughs> I did the second uh, Chain Attacks on the Norwegian Weekend. Thumbs up, good. I did double six dice, which are 12-sided, that are labeled one to six, one to six, because cubes are not meant to roll, which is a fair point. <laughs> I did the new legend, the, the new album for Suburban Legends. Thumbs up. I did uh, Feng Shui 2, which is a role-playing game. Great Thumbs one, too. up. Uh, I did Relic Knight 2nd Edition, which I haven't received yet, but I am not supposed to receive yet. Okay. I did Star Realms Frontiers, also not supposed to receive yet. And then I did the the Everlasting, which is a new wet palette uh, from some guys in France, I believe, that I'm also still not supposed to receive yet. They're running a little behind, but they haven't even get, reached the point they were supposed to yet. So we're all good. Uh, so the best experience I had was with the double six dice. Now, I only put $10 in, and I got a ton of dice for this. And he had the absolute best updates ever. Everything that was going on. You can go back. I can find everything he spent every penny of money on. This guy took it seriously. It was it was really impressive, honestly. Uh, this guy did something else. I would absolutely consider it. And uh, But I was sold because it's like, hey, it's 12 sides, 1 to 6, 1 to 6. Who doesn't need more six-sided dice? And it was a random roll. You'll roll four dice and get that many dice. I'm like, well, I'm in. <laughs> random number of dice to show how many <laughs> dice I get? Sure. Um, but yeah, that was best. I mean, most of them are good. Like, literally, I've only had one that was supposed to deliver so far not deliver anything. And that's will be the main topic later. Um, I've, I've done a bunch of role-playing games. I did uh, the new edition of Earthdawn. Prime Perfect there. Um, okay. A couple of other stuff. But everything's been pretty smooth for me. I haven't had much issue with any of the things I did except for we've, the one we're about to talk about. Go ahead, Kathy. <laughs> we've done a few, uh, mm -hmm. Jim and I. Um, we did the Wander one, which if you listen to one of our earlier episodes, the guys from uh, who are producing Wander, uh, the Cult of Barnacle Bay, were, mm -hmm. were on to talk about their Kickstarter, which is now you know they're they're getting everything together and and getting it in production uh i saw the uh one of them posted a picture of their uh mock-up of their box yes. for the game it's yeah. a board game and and that's looking good i've seen updates for the artwork and stuff and really looking forward to when it actually ships um we also did the now I don't even remember which one it was. It was one of the cool mini ones. It was like Rum and Bones or Rap Kings or I don't know. It was one of those, but we never got it. Um, Probably not Rum and Bones. I heard that one actually uh, yeah, Rum and Bones went delivered through. pretty well. Didn't bother contacting them. Um, just said whatever because, well, there's... There's a bit of a history, and I won't go into it. Um, <laughs> so I I love the zombie side. 
the zombie side uh, is one of my favorite board games, actually. So, I I hear they're doing something about zombie side in space. And I don't know if it's that the zombies are not zombies, but aliens, which I think would actually be cooler than zombies, because I'm not that into zombies. I just like the game mechanic. <laughs> if it was aliens, I'd like it better. Um, yeah, it's a fun mechanic. Uh, but what was the last? Oh, the Reaper ones, the Reaper Bones Kickstarters. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've done I looked at them, but I'm those. like... So many models. I would. I mean, I don't even get all the models I have. How would I get all? Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I'm too. So many models, but we've got all those fun uh, dragons. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, which it's worth all the other stuff that you may never use just to get those those awesome dragons. Um, and then there was the Kickstarter that actually Jim and I did that we we did for uh, a series of painting videos. And that, and Jim made 52 videos for uh, painting, basically oh, shaded, shaded base coat, uh, just like the very sort of foundations, your fundamentals of miniature painting, all the way up through uh, how to paint reds, how to paint greens, how to paint yellows, you know, because you know there's awesome. not there's not just one red. There's not just one yellow, no. you know, just color theory. There's uh, and you go all the way up. It's the pyramid. You go all the way up to the top to, uh, you know, how to put the finishing touches on your competition miniatures, you know, and each one of the videos is like 110 minutes. And he goes through all of the brushes and all of the other equipment and everything. He's a bunch of them are just on faces. You know, bases of various types, uh, building terrain. It's like a, it's a whole hobby, gigantic extravaganza. And that was, uh, that was our Kickstarter. And what an eye opener it is. When you've done your own Kickstarter, you know why all these other ones work the way they do. You, uh, you, you, you empathize with most of them. <laughs> When they when they run into problems, not all of them, as we will discuss later. Um. So, yeah. Go ahead, so John. Good subtopic to get into real quick because Maxim DT brought it up. Is he mentions how if a Kickstarter does too much, the FLGS won't want to stock the product. Correct. I think that's the core of the Kickstarter problem. Is that, and to to throw some shade at a company because fuck, I don't care. Um. Uh. That's the problem with Cool Mini or not. They don't use Kickstarter to Kickstarter. They use Kickstarter as a pre-order system. Yes, yes. yes. And that's, that's exactly a problem. Right. Like, I generally, as a rule, I do not take a Kickstarter from a company that is already in that particular genre, let's say. Uh, the exception was Relic Knights 2, because Relic Knights 1, I mean, it didn't pick up the way it wanted it to, so they run a second one because, like, look, we need to do this to, to fix everything. That, that, that was okay. They, they spelled out their ideas properly, and they were also the first Kickstarter to really show, like, everyone who Kickstarters learned from their Kickstarter, because they just gave away too much shit. Yeah. Like, there was no store that wanted to stock their stuff, because there's just too much shit that they gave away. Yeah, you got too much free stuff. Yeah. Which which is a problem, so. But, yeah, I mean, you gotta look out for that. If you think it's something you'd rather buy at your local game store, because you're gonna play it there, save it for the local game store. 
they might some some actually have a way for local game stores to Kickstarter, which is cool. But that is potentially going to happen, and you need to look at that. And, and we're not at a point in, in gaming that we can say, well, you know, I don't need to worry about that. I'll just take the best deal I can. We're not at that point. You have to look out for your local game store because if they're gone, what are you going to do? What are you going to play? How are you exactly. going to get new players? Exactly. So keep you that in mind when you're looking at stuff. Yeah, you'd sit like me and Jim where there's no friendly local game store within an hour's drive, basically. Mm-hmm. So we don't get nearly as much gaming in as we used to when we had the uh, Games Workshop Chicagoland Battle Bunker, uh, you know, 40 minutes away. We used to go there every week, and we would get in tons of games, and I was much more involved in the community and the Warhammer hobby and... I was playing Blood Bowl, I was playing 40K, I was playing Fantasy, and now I don't play any of those. You know, I don't play anything. I, you know, there isn't anything convenient. And that's what's going to happen if people don't support their friendly local game store. Yeah, so just keep that on your talking Kickstarters. Kickstarters are good. The free stuff is usually good. Um, I actually like it better when they give you just a little, like, extra stuff, not, like, necessarily... Where they give you Kickstarter exclusives that are going to come out eventually in like a different format, like say, um, like Guild Ball did with their alternate. Yeah, alternate poses. Uh, um, Machine Tactics. I didn't list it as my backing because I didn't back it through mine. I gave someone else money to add to theirs to get the models. The models came out eventually, so you're not like if you're uh, you know miniature game player, you're not like losing out. Yeah. You know, if they give alternate models that are eventually going to come out, maybe a different model, maybe not as cool. That's fine. That's cool. That's that's the best way forward. So, I could talk about a new Kickstarter uh, that I just heard about now, or I could wait until after. Uh... After, because I want to talk about that one too. Yeah. Yeah. After, let's 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 go down and up. Yeah, because okay. I rather I'd rather do that. Cause because we're going to go down. We we're going to go down hard, too. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a drink and a half in. We're going down. <laughs> so, if no, if you haven't noticed or haven't seen, there was a huge, huge, huge uh, Kickstarter that defaulted. I guess it's the best you could say, defaulted. Default is the best way of saying it. Yeah. Um, and it was Robotech Tactics. I jumped on that in a heartbeat. I was like, oh, it's plating. They do really good. They've got a lot of product. They're, you know, they're they're a company that's got something. They're not a brand new company. And I was like, yeah, they got history. You know who they are. Palladium has been around since I can even remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, way back in the hobby. Yeah. So I was like. the first shitty D&D knockoffs. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I can deal with this. I can handle this. And I spent 160 bucks on it um, so I could get some extra models and extra things. And it went off like crazy. They made, what, almost $2 million or like $1.5 or something? Uh, if only I had it right here so I could click on a button and find out what their total hmm. was. Oh, look, it was a couple million. Uh, $1.4 million. Yeah, $1.4 million. And that's not even anything after the Kickstarter finish. Yeah, that's just the Kickstarter itself. Yeah, they unlocked a ton of goals, um, a bunch of stuff. They had they had a bunch of plans. Oh yeah, a lot of plans. But, but wave one came, and 
the product was shit. I'm going to just say it. Um, the models for just a Veritech fighter in the robot mode, you had two pieces for the feet, two pieces, four pieces for each leg. I mean, it was like 20 pieces just for a model that was no bigger than your standard size model. Yeah, maybe maybe a tiny bit bigger, but yeah, like we're talking like thirty-five mil rather than you know than thirty mil. Correct. I mean, it was it was horrible. Um, so everybody complained about it. They said they were going to retool it, redo it up, so when the wave two came out, it would be better. Ah, uh, wave two. So we waited for our wave two, which I had a bunch of stuff in wave two. Now I've, I had everything in wave two. I had I, sixty bucks put in. Everything is wave two. And I knew people that put in a thousand dollars because they bought because they were huge. Yeah, that were huge Robotech fans. Um, now the biggest warning sign should have been the fact that I am one of the hugest Robotech fans. I didn't even get the core game. You didn't get the core game. I will send no, you my core I game. Love... No, no, you don't need to. It's okay. <laughs> I will send it to you. Uh, so Ninja Division <laughs> and Palladium worked this together, and I knew Ninja Division from Relic Knights. It gave me a tiny bit of pause because they did bite off more than they could chew with Relic Knights, though they delivered complete. No complaints. It took a while, and I understood that. They were very upfront about it when they finally decided, realized the reality of what they did. And I know John Katishi. I used to work with him at Games Workshop. He's a good dude. And they tried to deliver, they delivered complete, but the problem was when they were doing the game, I looked at them like, this isn't the game I want to play. This is like the beta. This is the alpha of a game I want to play. But that was like pretty much their final rules. And I think, and I'm going to say this straight up because Palladium's games have been around for a long time. I don't have any particular hatred for them, but Kevin Ciambata of, of Palladium Games thinks his shit don't stink. Yeah. That's why his games have so, had no major, no major change in the 30 years they've been around. So they're resting on their laurels. He thinks and his game is good. He can, I mean, his riffs, riffs license, the riffs product or line is he can print money with riffs for yeah. role playing. Everyone loves it. Like, yeah. it, it is a great idea for a game. The problem is that you know, role playing wise, it's not my favorite system. Um, so they did Robotech. I was a little hesitant because I also knew because uh, my buddy uh, who's worked games workshop with Jeff was a big Palladium Books fan. He bought a bunch of games. Um, and I know Palladium's books had been, like, no hatred to Kevin Ciambata, like I said. Someone in his company fucked him hard. Someone embezzled money. Like, it was a big, big problem. They had to do a lot to get out of that problem. So, you know, fair play for him landing on his feet and keeping going. But it gave me a little pause again, which is why I didn't put a lot into it. And then you start hearing the backer updates. I mean, I'm a backer, so I get all the updates, and... Yikes! It was many. it was a lot of nothing for a while, and then they got this new guy, and then he just stopped posting. Yeah, they were like, "We're working on it." Wave two, we got to retool a couple of things. Shipping has become an issue, so we got to redo shipping. Um, there was like a ton. There's all things we know and understand. I work in shipping. I understand how much it costs to ship things everywhere, and they may have made a gigantic problem with their shipping charges. I noticed a lot of Kickstarters do the early Kickstarters. Yeah. Recent yeah, ones, people, not so much. <laughs> people who don't ship things, they make often lots and lots of gross miscalculations in their shipping costs, and it, it'll break now, you. 
and I will say this, not that anyone's listening, but if you ever make a Kickstarter and you want a no-bullshit assessment for free of what your shipping costs might be, just fucking contact me. I will give you every help I can for free. <laughs> I've worked in shipping for a while. I have an idea of what it costs to ship stuff to for Kickstarter, wide we we had already been shipping stuff worldwide for years. So we, mm-hmm. we had a handle on what the cost would be and estimated that into, you know, the overall what we would need. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you have to factor that in. You can't just be like, oh, we'll just, you know, ship it for free or we'll add. Yeah, no, no, you can't. You have no idea how expensive it's going to be. It's expensive. And actually, like... If I backed an international Kickstarter and they said, I was going to back it, and they said, we do not ship outside of our country or outside of, you know, continental Europe. I'd be like, fair play. Do you understand how much that costs? You know, I'm not. Or you're going to charge me an extraordinary amount. I understand how much it charges. But they didn't do that. Uh, they, I forget what they estimated their new shipping total as, but it was more than they could possibly ever pay right now. So, to get back to the point, they actually recently announced that they're not doing Wave 2. You can trade your Wave 1 in for credit that they will use to ship you Wave 2 stuff in for credit to ship you Wave 1 stuff. But they're they're not doing Wave 2, basically. Which set off a firestorm because people said, well, then I would rather have my refund. And <laughs> but people, they're not offering a refund because they're not it's cheaper for them to yeah, it's cheaper them to ship stuff that they already have sitting in the warehouse than to refund. And honestly, to everyone who has Wave 2 stuff out there, and I love you because you love Robotech, but just let it go. It's not going to happen. Well, the... and, they can't and that's to... the thing with Kickstarters is they are not a pre-order. You're not buying something when but... you back a Kickstarter. It's like venture capitalism. You're taking a risk. But yep. there is a thing. Money, that, you take your chances. There is a thing because I looked it up and I was checking it out because there is a possibly lawsuit coming on them for what they did, which I can't guarantee. So, but let me, let me finish. So I went and looked it up and there's a Facebook there. People about that want to do it. So I was looking at the legal thing. Is a creator legally obligated to fulfill the promise of their project? Yes. Kickstarter's term of use require creators to fill out all rewards of their projects or refund any backer whose reward they did not or cannot fill. We crafted these terms to create a legal requirement for creators to follow through on their projects and to give backers a recourse if they don't. So Absolutely. But. Well, biggest but. But here's the thing. Also, Palladium Games said that if Wave 2 does not come out, they will refund people money. Kevin himself said that. So, so, this leads into what we're going to be going. not actionable. And neither is Kickstarter. What is, are they going to do? They're going to just kick you off a Kickstarter and say you can't do another Kickstarter? Yeah. Kickstarter is, is, is none of Kickstarter's fault. Yeah, it's not Kickstarter's fault at all. It's not. Nobody's and, blaming them at all. So, yeah. So, the real problem is that Kickstarter put that statement in after the Robotech game came out. I am 99% sure. Because a couple of those video games that just absolutely crashed and burned. So you can't 
hold them to a new procedure you put in after they did their Kickstarter. I'm pretty sure that, and also, like Kathy said, I don't think Kickstarter's uh, uh, note is actionable anyway. You can put a lawsuit in, but any lawyer's going to tell you it's not worth it. I... And I will tell you, like, straight up, guys, let it go. I know you lost some money. It happened. I lost some money. I counted this as a lost Kickstarter a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah, there was... And they can't afford to. They can't afford to refund you. You would destroy a company doing that. Well, they lost also their rights for the Robotech. Harmony Gold's taking it back, and they have to get rid of everything before a certain date because they're not allowed to sell it. And that's the other thing that people are kind of like, why did you wait until... You almost lost the license to tell us. Because, the, I mean, honestly, so I don't know Kevin C. about it personally, but I have a good idea. I know what kind of man he is. He really wanted to fulfill this for you guys. He loves Robotech. He wants to be do good customer service. Nothing he I've ever seen him do is from a position of pure arrogance. It's just he wants to give you what he considers a good product. And it just, I mean, in this case, it just, didn't work yeah and with him with him under the gun by harmony gold like that because little known fact the the robotech live action movie is in the works there's a ton of robotech stuff coming out the the license is actually a reasonable deal now with a major move motion picture in the works and that's probably books can't... why they lost it to be fair they lost it once before and then got it back when no one else bit because Harmony Gold isn't going to give up money no. because Harmony Gold is also a little fish in a big pond like Palladium Books is. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of love for the whole Robotech series and even their role-playing game was the best use of their system, I think. But, um, you know, I, I, I would advise you guys, let it go. Well, I do unless know you, that unless you really vengefully want to take a company down with you. I see, and, and here's the thing that I was thinking about because if they actually, and this actually goes to a lawsuit, and they lose, that could be the end of Palladium Games. It would, it, it be. would be. Yeah. They're not. They're not a they, huge they thing. They're not Walmart. No. Not it, it's even worse. Company. It would be. And everyone wouldn't get their money back. Yeah. yeah. Still. There's so, no two ways about it. Um, unless you're really revengeful, you know, and spiteful. It, it's 60 bucks. Like I said, I rolled, I, I put my money down. I rolled my dice. I took my chances. I, I didn't get a good good return. You know, shit happens. I, I, I count that money as lost a long time ago. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, um, that spent, like I said, I saw people that spent, you know, $1,000 plus oh yeah absolutely on this so this wasn't just buying you know one model or one board game this was buying a huge amount like the 160 bucks i had was a huge amount of models i mean there were 185 backers who pledged 520 dollars or more and there were three backers who pledged three thousand five hundred dollars or more yes so we're not talking you know small money and small yeah. product. We're talking pretty big, what some people did. And a lot of people backed it because they knew it was playing games. They're like, oh, these guys know what they're yeah. doing. And and the Ninja Division, it didn't, you know, didn't really have a bad reputation from uh, from Relic Knights. The rules were actually quite good for Relic Knights. 
So that wasn't like, I got plenty of books around for a while, and it just, you know, this is a perfect example. Shit happens. And since you're dealing with printers in China, sometimes stuff happens you can't control. Oh, definitely. I remember I a on... company going under because China made all of their models off scale. That's no bueno. That was it. That was the end of the company. Speaking of off scale, actually, the funny thing is, is Bladen Books actually wanted uh, maybe a year ago, you think, Gonzo? They wanted to change the scale of the entire game. Mm -hmm. They realized when they got to the invasion, which is never going to happen now, no. that the scale was completely off because cyclones are man sized, slightly more man sized, like space marine sized. And they realized that wasn't going to work because everything in that particular universe. Uh, uh, well, let's say that Saga was smaller scaled. Which, when you have um, when you have digital sculpts, it's very easy to adjust the scale. It's incredibly easy, although not not after you have your uh, brought up. Your after you have your game out, yeah. And everything. I mean, that's that's expensive. And to be fair, their molds were at least in the proper size to play in the BattleTech game. I know a lot of guys who got models to use in Battletech for the uh, the Forgotten mechs. Basically, all the mechs that Fasa stole from whoever they could because copyright laws in the 80s were not uh, what they should have been. <laughs> it's another story for another time, but... So, you know, I, I, I take this as a lesson. This this is one of those Kickstarters to be held up, at, at least in the miniature game theories, like... You will look at this. You will look at Relic Knights 1. You'll see, like, these are problems you need to not make when you're doing Kickstarters. Look for these warning signs. Too much free stuff given away. Too many promises. Maybe overstepping what they can do. And also, no matter what Kickstarter says, sometimes you're just going to lose your money. Yep. You know, I'm like going for it. Uh... bet what you can't afford to lose. It's, it's venture capitalism at its best right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling. Who signed that petition? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a big petition. Uh, this is in Kathy, more Kathy's alley, to ban Palladium Books from Adepticon for not fulfilling their promises. And it seems like to me, more hateful spite to a company yeah. that just can't print. But you know, if Adepticon decides to do that, you know, I'll back their play. It's it's their con. They can decide because it is. A con for gamers, and these guys did not fulfill their thing, fulfill what they want, what they what they promised. But I don't think it's Adepticon's place to do this. I think. The... I think. I, mean, I didn't even I'm, know Palladium Books themselves would be at Adepticon. I hadn't heard that Palladium Books would be at Adepticon. I know there's somebody who runs Robotech, but it they're not connected with Palladium Games. Well, they run so it, they're like a fan who runs the tournament. I think Playing Books is localish. In Chicago? To that, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Let's see, Detroit, Michigan. So they are in in that area. So. Yeah, I don't not... remember them having a booth at. Uh... Yeah, they don't do miniature games. It's not really their their scene. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. it either. Last year, but someone I remember that petition. No, it's just it's it, just a fan who runs uh, a tournament because they love Robotech. And they've been around for 37 years, so keep that guys in mind, guys. When, yeah, when since you uh, 1986, I think. 81. 
81. No wonder they've been around for as long as I can remember. Because they did the Mechanoid Invasion then, and then uh, the first one, the first two games I bought were 83 and 84 with uh, the Palladium Fantasy role-playing game and Heroes Unlimited. Oh, I remember Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's a very... I have um, a feeling that, that there's going to be a lawsuit brought about this. Uh, I know there's going to be some small claim court going on, because I already know a few people that are doing some small claims court and started. Um, which they can, because that's an easy, you don't have to pay it, for a it, lot. It is your right to do so, everyone. Yep. I would suggest you not, but, you know, that's me. <laughs> I'll take my 60 bucks. Like I said, unlike most of you guys, I got nothing. Yeah. I, I just want the cool models that are limited because I might choose and play this game. In fact, uh, Gonzo, to counter your your uh, sending me the core box set, would you instead for me to send you Max and Miria's ex- you know, convention exclusive models that I have? No. <laughs> I sent one to uh, Edifo, one of the old uh, PW... MJ uh, fans, I sent one to him because, like, he didn't have it. I'm like, oh, sure, cool. I got a second one. Here, have it. Um, he signed the petition. I mean, but, but this is, you got to think about think about what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to ruin a company. Um, they can't afford to pay everyone a class action lawsuit. Like, some of those guys who did 3500 might be able to get something if they had enough money in the Wave 2 stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't advise you beyond just think about what you're affecting. This is an old standard bearer of miniature gaming with a very good license. Well, going, and, going on this, even go though people, you know, if the lawsuit doesn't come about, I have a feeling that they're yeah. going to lose a lot of money, period, because nobody's going to oh, want to buy it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of customer oh, yeah. loss from this. Because yeah. they, and, that's the reason why a lot of people backed it. They're role-playing guys. Yeah. Because Palladium had a good name. Yeah. They no longer have a good name, unfortunately. No. And that's going to hurt them in the long run. But, again, you got to do what your conscience tells you. If your conscience tells you that you got a ton of money in there, you need to, you know, pursue it to the maximum extent of the law, do it. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, it's you. you got to live with your decisions. Me, 60 bucks in, whatever. It's lost. I've spent sixty bucks on plenty of stuff I don't use anymore. It yeah. is whatever, but I didn't. I didn't spend the same extent as you guys. But again, also, I'm pretty sure most of you guys who spent a lot of money probably got your money's worth out of the deals they were doing because they had some pretty good deals too. So, I mean, you still can go and. Here's the one thing I have a problem with: where they go, okay, whatever your wave two value was, you can get that in wave one stuff. So if you spent 65 bucks, you can still get wave one worth of stuff, but you have to pay them for shipping. I was like, mm, nope, I'm not going to give you any more they, money. They, yeah, they did break down the defense of their shipping, and I, and I understand it, like centers in shipping. It is not an ideal thing. I would have liked to see them try and eat some shipping costs, maybe at least the continental United States people, but, you know, is there... Their choice, they got to do. Um, but yeah. let, let's get off the downer of Kickstarter onto some bright, hopeful upcoming that, that you two want to talk about. Um, Kathy, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I discovered today, uh, 
actually through uh, Beast of War, I have to say. Um, confrontation. It's not a bad adventures. web. Oh, Beast of War has a ton of awesome information. Uh, so they posted that uh, there's a game company in France called Sans Detour, and they're doing a Kickstarter for Confrontation Resurrection is what it's called. You can find their Facebook page, Confrontation uh, hyphen Resurrection. But if you liked all those old Confrontation miniatures that were made in basically lead, <laughs> and they called it white metal, but really, let's face it, there was lead in there. It was so, so soft. You try and pin that model to the base, the ankles would break off. So these are going to be in plastic. So pewter soft and lead, and pewter does contain lead in it, but not in enough amounts to be considered toxic. But to be fair, that also was lead models a, a nickel tin alloy. No, there's lead in it. Trust me. <laughs> Years of GW customer service, you'll ask, and do your bottles contain lead? And you have to give <laughs> throw the whole thing down for them. Um, All right. But to be fair, also lead is not a bad thing unless you eat your models, and they're not meant for eating. Don't, that's, don't lick your that's model. very true. But the ones that they made <laughs> were so incredibly soft. Like, really oh, soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is mm -hmm. great for if you're cleaning mold lines, but not so great for if you want your model to, you know, not break when it tips over because, you know, your gigantic banner is held to the, the big model by a tiny little toothpick-like, you know, pole that just it just breaks. It just bends. It breaks. It's. I mean, it might as well be tin foil. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we learned the hard way in shipping. Finally, we were like, we're not, we're not, we're not painting any more confrontation stuff for other people because we can't guarantee that it will arrive in one piece. Just fair. Um, unless it's a very compact model. Yes. Uh, like the Wolfens, and I. And they're one of the, they're doing all 16 of the factions, but right now they have up pictures of uh, the Wolfen of Ilya and uh, the goblins. Oh my god, and I love the goblins. They're so whimsical. See, I never got to play the game, but I love the miniatures. I was like, this is gorgeous. These miniatures are awesome. How do I get right? the game? And then... The it went under. I was like, oh well, not touching that now. I never, I never played the game. I only ever painted the models because they're just phenomenal. The sculpts yes. are, you know, they have this like horror, and then they have this whimsy. Yes. And sometimes both so, at the I, same time. I like the style of their models, but I feel their biggest failing early on was the full color photos on the blister packs, painted by. French professional painters that all looked awesome as hell, and it was a lot of detail on it that wasn't on the model because those guys were great. I mean, those you know painters what's were funny about that is it was it was seeing those pictures of the models painted like that that inspired me to want to paint better. It it, it made me. I wanted awesome. to I wanted to paint like them. And so that's what I was striving to do. And this is maybe a couple years into my mini miniature painting period. 
when I was looking it up, we have a catalog still of all that stuff, and it's all all painted. I mean, you know, I would never give that away. But they did the uh, they, the the uh, non-metallic metal. That's when that became like mm-hmm. a big deal because these guys were were doing this really cool. It was a little cartoony. I don't know if if people nowadays would describe it as that nowadays the european style is very realistic and not cartoony but i feel like the non-metallic metal they were doing was pretty cartoony but i really liked it as they were very four color comic book yeah and and i sucked at painting with metallic paints at the time at the time i I didn't have miniature paints. I was using regular uh, artist acrylic paints because I didn't know. I had just started painting. I had all these acrylic paints. I'm like, well, why not use them on our... Because we were painting our Blood Bowl models. That's how we started out with painting miniatures. And uh, so so the metallic uh, artist acrylics were really lumpy. (laughs) And I couldn't get them to look... I could not get him to look like metal. And I saw this now metallic metal is a good alternative. And Jim and I both started painting that way. And to this day, we still paint the non-metallic metal. I've, I've tried my hand at using the metallic paints, but you know, just like people who use metallic paints all the time go, there's this learning curve and I'll never do it. This non-metallic metal is a mysterious thing. That's how I feel about using metallic paint. I, I try it and it just doesn't look right to me. Did did you ever get metal. to uh, play the game? Wash. Dry brush? No, I never got to play the game. So neither I did I. Ever, yeah, I only ever loved the models and, and, and painted them when I whenever I could. So, right now... This... I'm so glad... What's that? I was saying, I'm so glad to hear that you were inspired by that, because my ex saw models that were, you know, Golden Demon or those models that I shouldn't paint anymore because I can't do that. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you went the other way. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that's kind of the only way I can look at it is, you know, I want to... And that's how I feel about the current style of non-metallic metal that I see uh, some Polish and Russian painters doing, which is just phenomenal. And it's a combination of airbrush and regular brush, but they put these reflections in all these places. And actually, my desktop uh, of my computer right now has one of those non-metallic metal uh, miniature, a picture of it on there as an inspiration to me of what I could do. Um, and so that's just, that's my, my newest goal. My goal, you know, 10, 15 years ago was paint like the Rackham artist. And my new goal is I want to figure out how these people are doing this new non-metallic metal. So the Kickstarter for confrontation is going to have two different types. From what I saw, they're going to do the old game and then they're going to do a new game. I didn't even know about the game. I was just excited about the miniatures. Yeah. Well, see, I've, I've been following it for a while because there's a couple people that are on my Facebook Facebook friends that are part of the company or uh, showed it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I went to check it out and I saw that and I was like, okay, 
I hope they do good because it's a really cool looking game. Got some really cool models, etc., etc. So hopefully we'll get something out of that. And they're I just doing hope it in to April. God. Yeah, April is when it goes live. April's I Kickstarter, just, yeah. I hope to God that they do the plastics like um, normal plastic, like uh, weird games, you know, weird miniatures does with their Malifaux. Good mm -hmm. plastic. I hope so. Restic yeah. is Action. bad. Is, yeah. It is. It, you think is as no a bueno. game company, you think because it costs less to manufacture them, and so you you will you know, save cost. No one wants to buy Rustic. Mm -mm. So where's your savings if no one's going to buy your product? Which I'm kind of concerned because the Star Wars Legion is coming out at Adepticon, and I'm yeah. kind of concerned about those models. Although I have yeah. seen people paint some of those models. Already. You have to be the kind of person who doesn't care about uh, mold lines or anything, or or somebody who, who doesn't want to paint it to a you know, a higher level. Or you just have to be someone who's meticulous and takes the mold lines off. It is very difficult, yes. but you can do it. Yeah. So they so, tell me, but it really uh, is a giant pain in the ass. I'm on the opposite side from you two on the whole uh, confrontation thing. Um, I hope it does well. I don't want anyone to think I don't hope it does well. I hope it does well. But for fuck's sake, this is a game that's failed twice. Why do I want to support it a third time? Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny, because you know, as I said, I wasn't even looking at it as a game. I just... I like oh, the visitors, the models. Know? Models, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, definitely look at that. Like, And that's actually a good note in general. You're looking at miniature game Kickstarters. Look at the models. The models are something you like. Just go for it. Like, let's say Relic Knights. Even if version 1, if they never did a version 2 and I had models left, there's a couple of models there I legitimately like the style of because they're cool anime style. So yeah. I'm not upset by having those models at all. Well, However, as long as you get something physical from the Kickstarter, it'll always be okay because painting models sometimes, just random models, is its own joy and, and fun. It is. It is. And these confrontation, these uh, Cesare Celts, I'm sure they're going to do a Cesare faction in amongst all their... Uh, different classic factions um, but the ones I'm doing right now that are the metal ones for this guy, he uses them for his role playing universe mm -hmm. you know so it's like, not I, I have a box of models I use in role playing I like I bought Lord of the Rings models because they're great in role playing like a good role playing game using a ton of mo models yeah. is awesome and keep that in mind when you're looking at those things, there was a uh, so I mentioned an all-Minotaur Kickstarter that I think they had sent to me also. I didn't back it, of course, because I don't need Minotaurs right now because I'm running a superhero game. Minotaurs. And, and the Minotaur Kickstarter went through fine, and people got their models. That's cool. You gotta... I think the end is you got to take a Kickstarter, look at what they're offering, and keep in mind that you may not get everything they're offering. But if they're offering physical stuff, in general, you usually get something. I haven't seen a miniature Kickstarter just absolutely fail yet. The closest would be Robotech. And even then, people who just had Wave Stun 1 stuff had got a ton of Wave Stun stuff and have been able to play the game for a while. And, and I, to go with it, I actually have it. And the game is actually not a bad game. That no, was the problem. It not a bad game at all. It looked like a mediocre game. Yeah. It probably would have done pretty decent if it wasn't for the Kickstarter and they just brought it out by itself. But... Yeah. 
to in their defense, Plating Books is not a miniatures company. The last time they Correct. had miniatures was 1990-something with their Rifts miniatures. It did not sell well. I got a Glitter Boy yeah. around here somewhere. Oh my gosh, it's I remember not, those things. It's, it's a Rob Partha model. It's not great. Yeah. So, keep that in mind. You know, just approach it eyes open. You know, keep in mind with these, you might not get what you, everything you back for. Though, my experience has been positive. For the most part, mine has been too. This is the first time I've had a Kickstarter just totally fail, in my opinion. And I don't even keep relic. I don't even count relic knights because honestly, you know, sometimes these guys bite off more than they can chew. But relic knights delivered everything they promised. The, they never promised the material, so that the fact that it's rustic is unfortunate, but not terrible. I got the models yeah. I promised. The quality is decent. It's not amazing. The game was quite good, so I mean, I'm not really upset. Are there uh, any uh, Kickstarters copy. you're looking forward to? All right, now I'm 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 kind of waiting. I've got, we'll say, three active Kickstarters that I'm waiting for them to deliver. And like I think Congo said, I've got a limit on active Kickstarters because it's money that I may not see from. And though it's you know Star Frontiers, Relic Knights Two, and the Wet Palette, I expect all of them to deliver. They've all been pretty good on updates. But I don't really want to get too far in. I did consider there was a guy who did it was doing train for Star Wars Legion. Mm -hmm. That was like the you know the bunker and the landing pad and all from Endor, which is cool. But just didn't. I'm not sure we're gonna get into Legion. You know, one more game to play. But uh, honestly, keep looking at keep the sites for cool stuff. You find that one that's got models you want. You never know. Don't let uh, one company's past failure, you know, shower you on an entire platform. Correct. Because there has been some good ones come out. There, This is just one that was big and from a big-name company that yeah. went under. Yeah, and miniature games are always going to be a lot more fraught with danger than a lot of other things. The role-playing ones, from what I understand, have all been really good. Like I said, I did Feng Shui. It's great. Like, honestly, every time they update the book, I get a notification through stuff that, like, hey, the book updated, go re-download the PDF of it. And I got yeah. a physical copy sitting up here on my shelf somewhere. 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 <laughs> Probably behind this Atari box, honestly. And, uh, you know, but still, I get a PDF copy. It updates whenever they get an update. So, uh, that covers that before I ramble on too long. Because <laughs> I'm drunk. And it is actually eight o'clock. It is. It is. Let is me. It uh, time for uh, John. Yeah, John, go and give us while I get the camera set. My camera set up. Why don't you give the warning for uh, spoilers? First, thanks to Archie Dan and Tectonic Craft Studios for yes. sponsoring the media section. Thank you, Archie Dan. Thank you, Dan. Um, I'll be seeing him in a few weeks. We are going to spoil the Last Jedi. If you have not seen The Last Jedi, like uh, Bubba last week, you need to stop listening now. 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 And I will guarantee we'll be done at, you know, 20 minutes from now. So plus 20 from this moment, you can come back on. We'll be done with spoilers. We'll finish off a couple other things, a couple Beer. other media things. We're going to do 20 minutes of spoilers. After that point, come back on. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Before we do that. we see it. Before we do that, oh, though, please. we have to give away our miniature of the month. Yeah. Yeah, our away. miniature of the month, because 
it uh, came up. Kathy, do you, what miniature you, did you paint up? Ah, I'm trying to fix my camera. It's, so a, uh, it's a fire elemental. It was one that I painted. I showed you how I painted in the flames. Uh, two-part video tutorial on Patreon. So you can hold it in your hand and you can watch how it was painted. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Even better. So we have one, two, three. Uh, John, give me a number. Uh, two. Two. Aaron Stone. Yay. Aaron Stone won the miniature of the month. Painted by Kathy. Uh, I have his address. I will get that to you, Kathy. You can send that out to him as soon as possible. Is he the guy in Texas? Aaron Stone. Yes. Okay. Look at your glasses. Sounds weird. <laughs> oh, for me putting my glasses? I have to take my glasses off when I paint. Oh my god, was that Superman? I can't because I can't read anything on the on the screen right now. Like, it says oh, media section it. there, I if can't I read, die, read it. I can barely read the, the screen with my glasses on. Oh, I need a new prescription. So, yeah. There's That's no way. Alright. There's no way. Boom! Anyways. Movie! John. Last Jedi. Spoilers start now, now, now. Everyone dies. <laughs> that, that was the other movie. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I liked it a lot better the second time. I'll start off by saying that a lot better. Um, part of it was knowing things behind the scenes. Part of it was not having expectations. Your expectations in this movie, Luke Skywalker says it best when he takes a lightsaber and throws it over his shoulder. That's your expectations. Get him the fuck out of here. Um, also, the theme of the movie is let your past die. And they really hit the nail on the head in that they're trying to let their past die. They're trying to like, yeah, that, that's all before. It all happened. That's cool. But this is where we're going forward. forward. Yep. Um, yeah. But so. let's talk about, because we all had issues with the movie. Yeah. Do you want to go through like sort of in order of the movie? Yeah. Just so we can yeah. try let's, and keep Let's some. do that. Yeah. That's the best thing to do. Yeah. So early on... Um, uh, it, cause it, cause it comes in later. Poe kind of disobeys direct order to destroy the dreadnought and gets a bunch of bombers killed. Now, aside from the bombers being a poor design and whatever, um, it starts his character growth arc, which is good. Like, let's say at first, the character development in this movie is good. Um, but it leads to the fleet jumping away and the Imperials following them. And then when Leia gets blown out of the uh, ship and comes back in and with the Force is in a coma to Admiral Purplehair, Admiral Holdo taking over <laughs> and her keeping Poe completely out in the dark. So one of my close friends, El Marshall, is ex-military and he said, that is the stupidest thing he's ever seen. He says, you tell, and he hasn't seen it twice, he's only seen it once says, you tell your main guys what's going on, especially if he's still the commander of your starfighters, and he's held in high regard by everyone. But, there is a behind-the-scenes thing that tells you that all those bombers are from Admiral Holdo's ship. So he just killed a bunch of her people. So, that is why she's so pissed off and not giving him the time of day. But 
fuck, they could have said something. <laughs> that was the impression I actually got watching it. They should have said something. They said, like, oh, uh, Poe Dameron, uh, Captain, you're the one who just got all my bombers killed, right? One line changes, so it's still stupid, but it's stupid but understandable. Well, okay, so, let's talk about the very first scene and Poe talking on the loudspeaker to the Imperial. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I love that scene. Oh, I, yeah. I, like, ha, that seems funny. I, I know it's not necessarily great, but I, I chuckle. It, it, it was corny. It, it, it was very corny. It was corny. It wasn't what I was expecting for a Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. movie. Just like out and out corn, but I'd still laughed. Yeah, I think it, it, it pulled better. me out of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, is um, what it, it did to me. Pull me it out, but almost, it almost was more like Marvel universe. Yes, uh, I, I, it felt a lot like boring conversation. Anyways, yes, it didn't need to be there. He he could have yeah. said he could have gone, "Hey guys, you know we're willing to surrender. We're getting things ready." Blah blah blah. You know, it, it could have been better. But we want to make a joke for the bad guy and make him look like a fool. You could have still done that. I thought it would have been better if it wasn't Hux there, if it was some other commander who was blatantly incompetent. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the one, the Dreadnought commander is like, we should have launched our fighters, you know, way before this. That would have been a great play. And then when Snoke's ship comes up, Hux is on Snoke's ship and he takes command and thus suddenly everything's going better. It would have made Hux's character seem like not the fucking rabbit jack alf he is yeah um so i didn't mind that but yeah it is definitely a point people don't like uh the bombers are a little weird and the bombers didn't seem why do you have to drop the bombs yeah i mean I, so in space the where there isn't gravity yes i'm not worried about that i don't care about that this is star wars <laughs> ships bank and shit i don't fucking care I, anymore because I, I, I had a problem with the ship when they when they lose power they start you know falling back and looking like there's actually wind resistance but someone else pointed out to me uh paul pointed out to me that in star trek and star wars both that's the sci-fi shorthand for the ship no longer has power correct so at that point i'm like you know what you're right i think i'm unfairly judging that i will give that a pass so it didn't bother me anymore but also after having rogue one with the Y-Wings just doing such a cool thing with proton torpedoes. You're like, they fire a bunch of torpedoes and the whole the whole Star Destroyer shuts down. No one batted an eyelid. They're like, oh, cool, they fired a bunch of cool torpedoes. Like, why couldn't you just have it be Y-Wings getting chewed up because they're fucking, at this point, 50 because every, years old. all the kids have Y-Wing models. They need a new different toy. They need to be better than that, though. I, they have to be better than also, that. Also, where is my plush Porg? Oh my god, where is your plush Porg? I need a plush Porg. No. That was a I great need several. way to get the, uh, were they Puffins on yeah. that island? They, 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 couldn't, they had to film with Puffins there. They couldn't get them out of there. So rather than try and erase them all, they just said, let's just make them Porgs. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. I thought that was brilliant. I don't mind the Porgs. The Porgs are fine. Um... What other problems did I have? Really, honestly, milk. the was that milk. The milk's blue milk scene didn't need to be in there. That was that was odd. That was that was creepy. Wait, was that yeah. a Tatooine thing? No, that's no, apparently blue milk's a big thing. 
Oh my god, I don't remember the blue milk at all. It's fine. It's good. It, it you you, no you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I remember Luke Skywalker drinking blue milk uh, that Aunt Beru poured for him. Though. Correct. It, yep. It's it's in the story, but I mean, it was just really creepy. Just, yeah. to, I'm like, mm. oh wait, are you talking about on the little island with Luke and he milks that monster yes. thing? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go through Unless a couple. Unless you're talking about alien survival on a hostile planet, that kind of movie, then it would be fine. Yeah. Uh, it it was didn't need to be there, but it doesn't super detract. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, so where is it? Uh, Max D said they killed Akbar. You swap Holdo and Akbar in that scene, and it would have been a hundred times better. Yes, but the actor who played Akbar died. He couldn't film the scene. So. Yeah, but he's wearing all that makeup. No one would know. Someone, someone would notice <laughs> the voice. His voice is pretty distinctive. Yeah. But to be fair, whatever. Um, he also mentions that dropping bombs. Star Wars is based on original World War II dogfighting and all. Dropping bombs, throw off, cool. Do, 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 do. Let's see if there's anything else in here. Plush porgs do exist. You should go get one. <laughs> Thank you, Max. And then, so... Um, yeah, the Space on the Islands were funny, but I didn't think they were necessary. No. Like, people who keep the, keep track of it, but neither here nor there. That doesn't detract from the movie. Uh, the next scene that people have a problem with is the whole scene on the gambling planet, let's call it. I don't yeah, remember the name of it. Like, hmm. It felt to me like it should have belonged to a separate movie. But that is where Finn has his big realization. And maybe Looking. he should have been the star of a whole other different movie. Potentially, yes. I mean, they're basically suffering from the fact they didn't plan three movies at once. Yeah. J.J. made a movie, then the next guy made a movie, and he's like, oh, I don't want to follow these plot lines you threw down, so fuck those, I'll do my own movie. Which yeah. I don't really have a huge problem with. I don't care who Snoke was. It's another problem people have. Snoke's well, not important to the story. It's not Snoke's story. It's Kylo Ren's story because he's a Skywalker. Snoke doesn't matter. Someone's going to write a book on Snoke. It'll be fine. That's where you get your Snoke. I don't fucking care. What, what, what I had a problem with is there was a lot of redundant crap in the gambling scene. There was too much junk. They could have gone yes, to the planet, found the guy, and say, oh, no, put this over here. And we, you got arrested because you did something wrong, and you meet uh, Del Toro's character, and that would have saved. I loved him. I love Del Toro's. I love Del Toro's character it, because what he did in the movie was show that this is war. Money, yeah. war is meant. You know, m money feeds a war. You know, and, and it just and keeps he also on shows going. That maybe the average people don't necessarily feel it as much as everyone else, which happens in a war until Correct. they start cracking down. Oh, yeah. Until it comes and, to your backyard, you're like, look, I just want to do my thing and go about my business. And his last line was apparently um, ad-libbed. It was supposed to be something else where he, was, where he says, like, you know, you're wrong. And he looks at him and he says, maybe. He ad-libbed that. Apparently yeah. the other line was supposed to be uh, uh, different, but, you know, that was a good line. Um, no problem with that. Um I did have a problem with the fact that the heroes lose, and the heroes lose, and the heroes lose, and the heroes lose, then the heroes run away. <laughs> this movie's a downer as fuck. Yeah, it is a pretty downer. It's like watching Battlestar Galactica, the reboot. It's worse, because <laughs> the heroes actually have 
to get a win, and the win's so good because by the end of the episode, you'll get a win. It may not be a big win, but man, it tastes so much better because they're getting their ass whipped. They didn't win a fucking thing. They just mm -hmm. ran away. They did. Look at the Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back is not all them losing. You may call Hoth a loss, but they they got all their tactical objectives done. Well, they also kind of Everyone see that it was... I mean, they, they also kind of intimate that everything the Rebellion fought for in all the earlier movies was pointless. Well... 30 years later, it's pointless. That's not necessarily pointless. Maybe there's 20 years of good peace in there. That's not pointless. 15 years of good peace is still not necessarily pointless. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it, I did see someone, I forget what, it was on something, just said, like, he hates how his heroes didn't have a happy ending. Hmm. And I can understand that if, if you love that, but, hey, life's not all happy endings. I'm sorry. No. Um. There was one of the things that kind of bugged me, and people complained about the Luke scene when he came on the planet. And I caught it right off the bat of what it was. And then people were like, well, you know, and also complained about Yoda. Why didn't Yoda use lightning bolt to just stop smoke? He can appear anywhere easy. You know, I'm like, you're reading too much into this. Mm -hmm. You're reading way too much into this. Um, when I Luke comes on. Yeah. Yeah, I love they did that instead of CGI. Puppet. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes. Uh, but yes. the the fight scene uh, between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker, it was what it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be this grand flipping and beating each other up, you know, type thing. It was meant to be, I'm going to delay you to get my friends away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I liked it. I, I, I didn't have no problem with it either. With the Luke on the planet scene. I liked it. Um, so here, here's something I want to point out, and something Snoke said that really hit me watching it the second time. Snoke mentioned, like, hey, uh, you know, darkness rises and light rises to match it. Cool. He says, I thought Luke Skywalker was coming to defeat Kylo. I thought that was a light reason rising to meet the darkness. Which means that he knows that he has a light side counterpart that is as powerful as him. He was not expecting that to be Luke Skywalker. He was using Luke Skywalker to fight Kylo, not counting Rey at all. Mm -hmm. Which means there is someone light side, may or may not be alive, that Snoke knew about that he's expecting to be there to keep the balance in the Force. Well, the Force is always about balance. You know, since mm -hmm. the end of 3... It was a bit about balance, so that is an interesting, interesting point. Maybe they'll follow, maybe they won't. Well, I, I know a lot of people complained about how Luke passed away, um, and he went to the Force. He just dissipated and went to the Force. But they were like, "My my hero can't die that way," and I'm like, "Uh, that <laughs> hero can die anyway." This is Star Wars, and every it, time that's a good it, person what dies, way is better to die than to just like, yeah, to be satisfied with what you're doing and where you're going and just go. Now, the one so, thing I wish they would have done is whenever he faded away, his hand and forearm clanked on the ground. <laughs> because that would have been extra special, yeah. Because he couldn't you can't you don't take that with you. Because if you remember right. when Vader ghosted, he looked normal, didn't have all the burns and wasn't, you know, thing. I think that would have and I think even I think even oh, yeah, someone said good. that. Uh, I think uh, he said that directly, that it should have been like that, but they decided not to do it. Yeah. Um, 
Obi-Wan's, I think. You're right, Congo. That's it. Did. <laughs> yeah, it is Obi-Wan died. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, like, second viewing, it's a lot better than the first viewing. Mm-hmm. I will um, agree with you on that one. Um, Honestly, the minor, the, the, the quibbles I have now are pretty much minor. It, the only game-breaking one is Holdo, and that's understandable. And in Poe's redemption, if they had been where they were with the Imperial fleet still having their, you know, uh, their dreadnought, that thing would have blown them all to hell from whatever range they were at. That's another problem I have is they say, oh, they're lighter and faster than us. Yeah, that means they get away. It doesn't mean you keep distance with that. That means they get away. That's how lighter and faster works. Uh-huh. They just so need to what? not say that. They just need to not say lighter and faster. Say we can only keep them at the edge of our range. Don't explain yeah. shit you ain't got to explain. Yeah. Explain the important part. We can only barely keep them at the extent of our range and keep them honest. Cool. That's but all I need to know. on beams. Oh, wait, that's a different show. Yeah, that's Star Trek. <laughs> that's not. So. Anyway. So the thing that I liked that, you know, it, that was on the gambling planet was the the chase scene with the, uh, with the, riding yeah. thing so that, that was, amused that was me. the monster moment because <laughs> every Star Wars movie has to have a monster creature moment, and that was it. And that was cool. That, um, that, yeah. That overall, uh, since we're getting close to the time, I promise we'd done by. Yep. Um, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. Um, in second viewing, I'll give it a shot and a half of Kraken, uh, bordering on two shots. It is not, like one of my friends said, the best Star Wars movie since Jedi. No. It may be... It is definitely better than the prequels. The closest the original trilogy it is is Return of the Jedi. I still think Return of the Jedi is better. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, we're always going to think that because we have... Nostalgia. nostalgia backing us up. Yep. It is not better than Rogue One. Bite your motherfucking tongue. No. It is not better than Force Awakens because Force Awakens is a much more fun movie because it's more uplifting. Because this is this movie is always going to be a downer. It is the second installment of a trilogy, and due to the oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back certainly didn't have a happy ending. Nope. Remember, Strikes Back is more uplifting than this, which is scary. But, but <laughs> no. every every second act of a three-act structure is going to end a little more down. That's just the way it's Well, I mean, look goes. at uh, the second movie from The Lord of the Rings is that way, too. Yeah. But it ended more up because they won at the end. This, they just ran away at the end, and I think that's a fault of but the director. still had a long way to go. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I we think to... that was a big thing. I think if they, they changed the battle on Krayat to be more in the Rebels' favor and be more hopeful and positive, it would have been better. We have to discuss one thing before we go to our normal one, and let's talk about Kylo Ren and Rey lightsaber fight in the council. And this is no, and this is no spoilers for those of you who are still listening. We said we were done. It's awesome. Yes, I love that fight. That fight is great. Yep. Um, it is the second best scene in that movie, mm -hmm. and the best scene is a spoiler. And like I said, we we're supposed to be done with it. You all know what scene that was. Yep. Admiral Holdo's. Uh, let's say. Her redemption is the best scene in there. <laughs> but that was a good lightsaber battle scene. I can't wait yeah. for the third and yeah, see what I, happens. I, yeah, I'm still hopeful for the third. J.J. is coming back. I feel like J.J. has a better handle on the adventure of a Star Wars mm -hmm. film. Though I am happy to see this director get an actual trilogy himself. I like they're giving directors trilogies to do. Yeah, That is a smart move. Let the director work with somebody, make an entire trilogy, and and make it from start to finish so you're not... 
leaving plot heads or 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 just quickly ending plot threads because you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't necessarily learn something. That's good. Yeah, um, so let's that. go off on our <laughs> on our normal one. Uh, John, which one do you want to do with now? Um, well, let's talk about the let's talk about Jason Statham and Jet Li in an old movie called War. That's on Amazon Prime for free. Mm, saw that. Um. It's a pretty solid movie. It's not super actiony, but the action it has is pretty solid. Um, Jet Li does kill some dogs. That is sad. It is kind of a downer in the movie because I don't like seeing dogs get killed. I don't mind humans getting killed, but dogs, that's not really fair. <laughs> um, it does have a good twist and then ends with a second twist. I was a little disappointed in myself not seeing the first twist. And guys, you've seen the movie, you know what it yeah. is. Uh, but, you know, at the point where it hit me, I'm like, oh, that makes fucking sense. Of course, that's a twist. Good job. And then they had a second twist, which I wasn't expecting. Um, overall, it's decent, but I feel like it could have done better. I feel like it tried to do too much. I feel like focusing on Jet Li's character and Jason's character is too much. I feel like Jet Li should have been more in the background of Jason Statham's character, and his team should have been the focus. I think it would have had more impact. Yeah. And it would have fared better than a two and a half shot of Kraken action movie. And I have to get two and a half shots of Kraken because the action is not a lot of action. Mm -mm. What's there is good, but it's not enough to really. I'm not going to say I got bored of the movie, but I definitely was like, get to the fucking monkey. (laughs) (laughs) So. Kathy, you got one? I, uh. I didn't see any movies. I finished season two of Broadchurch. Finally, and that was. Oh wait, when did that come out? Twenty. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so season two is done. Commencing season three. Uh, it's it's just another uh, BBC detective show, and of course this one stars David Tennant. Yeah, it's got David Tennant. It's already good. I love David Tennant. So yeah, you can't help but not like it. But the other thing that I saw. Uh, which I had never heard of. I was at my friend's house, and she's like, you got to see this show. It's called Counterpart on Stars. Oh. Uh, I don't have cable, so the only place I can go to see it is to my friend's house. I so I can't there. just, I can't Netflix it. It's not on Hulu yet. Um, but it's called Counterpart, and it stars uh, J.K. Simmons, who's the guy who does the Allstate commercials. Mm-hmm. I think it's Allstate. Yep. Anyway, Jones Jameson and the good start. Yeah. 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 I think he's an amazing actor and yeah, he, he does is. a really good job in this. Uh, it's got kind of that feel of uh fringe, you know, that kind of, there's oh, some really? weird, weird so, stuff going on. The IMDB description is a UN employee discovers his, the agency he works for is hiding a gateway to a parallel dimension. Yeah. Nice. That sounds interesting as fuck. But it's, yeah. it's, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I'd be spoiling anything in the very first episode. The guy meets his counterpart in the parallel world. And apparently, according to the agents, people don't normally get to do that. They don't normally meet their counterpart ever. Um, But it's this, like, super secret spy agency. And the guy on this side, on this side... uh, he has no idea that this exists. He's just this low-level grunt who just goes in and punches the clock and does his duty and goes home, and he has no idea 
what it is that he's actually doing or what he's helping with, what the big plan is or anything. And uh, until uh, his counterpart from the parallel world needs his help. And, and then, you know, mystery ensues and it's, it's suspense. And I'm like, when is the next time I get to go over to Jen's house so we can watch this? (laughs) (laughs) I I watched like the first four episodes. So now I need to see more. Well, on the good note, it'll probably be on Netflix or Amazon Prime eventually. Amazon Prime actually does a good job getting like stars and stuff. You can like, I guess, get an app and pay money and actually get, you know, stars or Showtime or HBO stuff also. So that's kind of cool. Well, I know uh, American Gods is on Hulu, and yep. I would like to see that. And that amazing. was a show. So it was amazing. I, I read the book like years ago. Yeah. But um, I watched. Hit us with something. I yeah. watched three things this week. I watched oh, Mute, holy. Ritual, and Godzilla. Ooh. All right, Wh- Mute. Which Godzilla? The okay. the animated one that's on Netflix right now. Oh. All right, so let me let me let me go through Mute. Mute stars Alexander Skarsgård, which I like him. He's a cool actor. Uh, yeah. So on and so forth. Uh, the story is about a guy that is a mute uh, that's Amish, and this is a sci-fi universe. So it's kind of cyberpunky in a way. Um, and something happens to his girlfriend. But we find out that maybe that's not his, not his girlfriend. So he's do- it's kind of like a revenge-type thing where he tries to find his girlfriend, and goes around to these different people to try to find her. It was really, really confusing and was hard to follow. Um, and when they Which call for a Duncan Jones movie, seems like par for the course. Yeah, they they jumped around and skipped around, and it was it just wasn't meshing well together. At the very end, it finally did, and it was okay. Um, and I wish I was Alexander Skarsgård because I'm sure he got paid a ton of money money to say four lines during the entire movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, he only said, like, four lines. Now, granted, he had to do all the you know, other stuff, but still. Um, but it was it was okay. Um, I'd I've say three... I've heard good three... things about it from the, uh, from the movie podcast I follow. One of the guys, yeah. uh, one of the guys who wrote uh, Doctor Strange really liked it. Yeah, like two, two and a half shots, so it's not bad. It's worth a watch. But I mean, don't well, go over there not. expecting awesome Netflix stuff. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Can we hit one real quick? Because I got um, awesome Netflix stuff. Yeah, I've got. Um, I watched Ritual, and okay. Ritual is about a bunch of guys that trek through the woods, and they have to deal with the this creature that's attacking them. Uh, it was really creepy. Uh, really neat. The monster was really cool. Uh, I would really have liked to have seen a bunch of different things about that. Um, I'd say maybe two shots of Kraken pushing it. Um, is it sort of Blair Witch Project like? It is. It, it's not filmed like Blair Witch. It's it's, but it's out Thank in the God. woods and it's professionally done. But there were some really creepy scenes. You're like, yeah, that's nope. Uh, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> nope. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like nope. We'll go find somewhere else to sleep. Uh, but it was pretty <laughs> decent. Um. And then, John, you want to go with one? Did you have one real uh, quick? I finished Altered Carbon. I've been stuck on the last two episodes for a while. I finally got them watched. Man, that series is good. Mm-hmm. 
If you haven't seen it, if you like Cyberpunk and or Shadowrun, go see it. Yes. Uh, I so need to watch that. Yeah, it's good. Um, it shows me why they've been putting uh, the main actor, whose name escapes me right now, probably because I'm two drinks in. <laughs> two big drinks in. Um, but it's season they put him in, you know, he didn't really get his place in Suicide Squad or Joel Kinnaman or RoboCop. He didn't really get the chance to shine as much in those. Uh, but it does show why they've been putting him in so many things. He actually can act. He is good. Well, there and... is rumor that he's not going to come back for next season. And... Uh, well, yeah, they sh- he shouldn't come back for next season because he's got a new body. He gave his body up back to Correct. the Correct. And people were complaining about that. Says, in this show, you don't need to have the same actor. No, you don't. Let, let Joel Kinnaman go on to other stuff. He did a yeah. good job. Right. He I was going to say, like, James Bond or Doctor Who. <laughs> exactly. No, it is exactly like that. It's actually better. But, yeah. Uh, Ultra Carbon. Now, Ultra Carbon, I think there's only one episode where I saw it and I had to watch the next episode. But other than that, they've all been like, I watch them. That was cool. I go to something else, come back. Let me watch the next episode. So, and Abuela. Of it. Abuela was awesome. Abuela was um, the best part of that show. Just because it was great. And they really do a good job of using Chekhov's gun properly, and you don't think they will. Yeah, it, it, it actually um, was really, it was good. I can't wait for next season. Yeah. Yeah, take a, take a look at him. Uh, you take a look at that. Definitely watch it. Uh, Netflix has been doing some good stuff. Yep. Uh, Gonzo, hit your last one. Uh, Godzilla is my last one. Um, it is something done for Netflix. and It is an animated version of Godzilla. Uh, the premises of the story. Brave enough. Um, the premises is... <laughs> Monsters finally came out on the planet and destroyed Earth. They're back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so we left Earth. And we went to go find another habitable planet. We couldn't find one. So we came back to Earth. And a thousand years had passed. So they were like, a thousand years has passed in Earth time, but only like 20 years has passed in their time type thing. Okay. And so they go back to Earth. And that's when Godzilla shows up and the planet's been changed because they found out it's actually been 10,000 years. Um, so they go down there and they try to fight Godzilla. Um, it wasn't Is bad. It the same Godzilla? Is he alive? Is he like his... Like I, I can't tell you. Man? I can't tell you because there's a spoiler in it and I'm not going to spoil oh. it if somebody wants to watch it. Alright. Um, about the Godzilla stuff. Um, it wasn't a bad show. It was easy to follow. It, you know, kind of starts kind of slow, and then there's a bunch of fighting, but it's very anime-ish uh, with everything, even the combat, you name it. Um, but it is so monochrome. Everything's white and gray. There's very col- very little color. Oh. And it, was, it just, it just kind of you know grated on my nerves a little bit. I was like, guys, we're on this planet, and it's got vegetation. Why is the vegetation gray? You know, it just didn't have a lot of color to it, so it was really just shades of gray on everybody. But it, I, I'd give it a shot. Somebody could watch it. It's only like an hour and a half, so it's not bad. And it's it's part one, so we're getting another part pretty soon. So, Fair enough. Not a bad one. Um, I mean, two more real quick. I'll do quick capsule reviews. Uh, I finally finished the Expanse season two. Luckily, before season three came out, mm-hmm. um, it was great. The Expanse is also great. You should watch The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, good characters, good sci-fi, 
I'm just enjoying it. I got a special chuckle when uh, the one character said, It's a fucking trap! Ad <laughs> <laughs> Wackbar is proud of you, sir! <laughs> it's but always funny. I'm enjoying where it's going. Um, I'm glad that even if there's somehow... I mean, there's a season three coming out. Mm-hmm. But even if somehow it didn't get renewed, I'm glad there's a book series behind it because yeah. I would read the fuck out of those books if I didn't have TV to watch. Yeah. I might also read the books also. but. Yeah. And then the last thing I saw, I saw Black Panther, which is somehow still selling out theaters. Yes. On a Wednesday. I've not even... Uh, hours. Seen, well, I probably won't end up seeing it until it comes out on Netflix because that's kind of how I am with my superhero movies. <laughs> John, well, how many shots do you give? Netflix. Remember... Uh, oh, uh, the Expanse Zero. Uh, no, Black Panther. The Expanse Season Two had, uh, sorry, the Expanse Season Two had the best, the best, the best sci-fi fight, scene, uh, you know, ship battle scene I, I ever thought I would see. I'm like, this is everything I want from a hard sci-fi ship yeah. battle. But Black Panther, um, I give it one shot at Kraken. It has some problems, but it is still really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not the best, but it's definitely in. I mean, how do you judge Marvel movies now? Yeah. They just don't make stinkers. No. We've, we've got way too many that are just too good. I have to give one shot a crack it because, it, I mean, I thought some stuff. I'm like, okay, this and this could be fixed, you know. Maybe it's a half shot, but it's in that area. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, had a couple minor problems, but still really good. And so Black Panther's really old and has some potentially racist-seeming characters. And somehow they sidestep it perfectly, which I thought, like, Hats off to you guys. Yep. Cool tech. Um, I was a little upset at some of their choices as far as who they killed and who they didn't. Uh, I enjoyed who the extra characters they brought along for the ride. I don't want to spoil it because it's still really new. But yeah, pretty good. One shot of cracking at most. Yep. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. We only went five yeah. minutes over for as much content uh, as we got. Thanks for joining us. Uh, can you tell us about the sponsors of the show briefly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Guys, don't forget um, Broken Egg Games and Tectonic Craft Studios. Um, Broken Egg Games provides a crap ton of things for your game from tokens and widgets. They're also the official uh, producer for Privateer Press stuff. Um, they're really good guys. I'm pretty sure they're going to be at Adepticon, uh, so you can find some of their stuff. Uh, Tectonic Dan from Tectonic Craft Studios. Um he is super, super nice. Uh, I know he's going to be doing some stuff at uh, Adepticon. Uh, him and I are talking about doing something also. Um, really good guy. Go buy his stuff. He makes some really good terrain um, for fantasy things. Uh, and mm-hmm. some really good Guild Ball stuff. So definitely go check them out. Um, other than that, um, that's a wrap, guys. That's a wrap. Um, we will come back next week. Not sure what it is. Other than that, I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I'm John. Good night, people. Good night. Good night. So you got to pee, John? Real bad? Nope. So Not we a... skipped the pee earlier. I have to pee. Kathy, you got to pee. You can't go yet. You can't go yet. We're running through the outro. You know. I have to pee, but not bad. So Kathy's really got to pee. I mean, she's like, I'm like crossing your legs. I'm, I'm like, I'm bouncing my leg. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So let me just keep this uh, outro going for a bit. <laughs> I think more mine is uh, my drinks may have been a little stronger than is advisable. 
I'm gonna eat before I go to bed, so I'll be okay, but... <laughs>